Hi, and welcome to Journeys to Belonging podcast with host Dr. Eileen Winokur, featuring awesome educators and leaders who share their journeys, advice, and personal stories about feeling a sense of belonging. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Journeys to Belonging. It's just me today on this episode. I have some really exciting episodes coming up, but this this week or this episode, what I'd like to talk about is, um, is somebody special in my life who is really a good ancestor and uh, an example of an extremely strong person who has come through a lot of adversity over her life. And the person I'm talking about is my mom. She is... 97 and will be 98, uh, God willing, in, in July, and has just gone through the process of giving up her car that she's had for the last 21 years. It's a Jeep Cherokee, and uh, she calls it her baby. Uh, this is a big decision on her part because it means that last piece, or one of the last big pieces of her freedom, her ability to sort of get out and about on her own, uh, is gone. So let me give you a little bit of background. If you have read my book, Journey to Belonging, Pathways to Wellbeing, I talk about uh, my mom several times in the book, including a very serious split in our relationship for about seven or eight years in the early 1980s. We worked, she and I worked very, very hard to overcome uh, that misunderstanding and miscommunication in our relationship. And we have a wonderful, uh, it's more than mother-daughter, it's really a friendship. I speak to her almost every day on Skype. Thank goodness for technology. And weekly, I get together with my brother, sister, and my mom on Zoom, which we've been doing during the pandemic, which has been wonderful. And so I know quite a lot about what she's doing. And she discusses things with me. I share things with her. Uh, We give each other advice. Uh, I have told her that in terms of this particular decision, I'm really proud of her. Not that she needs to hear it from me, but I know she was pleased to hear it from me. Because uh, a lot of people in her situation, she's still, uh, knock on wood, in uh, in good health. She still lives on her own. And uh, with support from neighbors and, and my sister who and my nephew who live nearby, but she she manages things on her own. She manages her own finances. She manages her own life, her food, uh, as best she can uh, for most, for the most part, and uh, has seen ups and downs, but she's, you know, she, she physically could and mentally could still be driving. But over the past, I would say probably six months or a year, uh, because she, she was only five foot one inch to start with, 
But now she has lost several inches due to age. And so the shorter she gets, the more difficult it is for her to have a good perception when she's, she's in the car. And also she's aware of the fact that, you know, some things have slowed down her perception and things like that. And she's been very, very cautious when she's driving. But over the last six months, as I mentioned, she started to feel less comfortable when she was driving. And um, sometimes when we would talk, it was, you know, with the time difference, me in Kuwait and her in Buffalo, New York, um, it would be her morning. She would mention to me that she was going to go out and do some errands or whatever. And then the next day when I checked in with her, she had changed her mind for whatever the reason. So I started to feel that she was less anxious uh, to get in the car. And so, but it's, it's been a really, it's been a process for her. She's been talking about it for at least the last year and a half and uh, really wanted to find somebody to take the car who would really care about it. Uh, that process has worked out, so perhaps my, my dad up in heaven is, is guiding the whole process. I'm not sure. And so um, today, I believe, uh, she, will, she will give up the car uh, and uh, to someone who will love it just like she, she did. And so, so you know, I, I talk about my dad and my mother-in-law in the book in terms of good ancestor. But I, I really would like to highlight my mom as a good ancestor also. She has instilled in all of her children and grandchildren this sense of independence. Uh, she's rather feisty and stubborn, sometimes to the point where it's a bit frustrating, but I suppose that has helped her carry herself till to this grand old age. She, she worked until she was in her late 80s. She was a negotiator, an arbitrator, a mediator for the state of New York for many, many years, uh, for more than 30 years, actually, I think 37, perhaps. Uh, she, she sold her house about six years ago, the house that uh, she had pretty much built in terms of, of she guided the builders, you know, what she wanted in the house and uh, had lived in it for, again, more than 35 years and moved into uh, a sort of a retirement community uh, nearby. Uh, And, you know, it was important for her to have a garage so that she could keep her car. Uh, She didn't want a senior living circumstance because she felt she could still live independently. And she has. And so as a good ancestor, she's been a a perfect role model for all of us about how to live out your years. And um, she's kept herself to the point where, you know, she, she takes her vitamins. She goes regularly to the doctor. She has always exercised and um, has done that since ever I can remember. For those of you who are familiar with Jack LaLanne from the 1950s and maybe early 1960s, she used to follow his program and uh, exercised every day. She 
took up dancing after my father passed away in 2009, uh, ballroom dancing, and became a champion at that uh, with the pandemic and uh, so forth. She had to she had to give that up, but um, but she she reached quite a high level of the dancing proficiency even up till the time she was 95. Uh, she still hopes to go back, and I hope that she's able to also because it's, it's really something that motivates her to, to keep going on. And uh, we've all encouraged her, many people have encouraged her to write a book about her life because it's really quite remarkable. She didn't graduate from, um, she didn't go to college because uh, she graduated with only a diploma from high school due to many different reasons, but she found uh, some of the courses difficult Latin and math especially. And uh, so she never went on to college. She became a secretary. And then when she married my dad, uh, you know, she had, she had uh, the three of us, my brother, myself, and my sister, and was busy raising a family. And then uh, in her early 40s, there was an opportunity for her to start working um, with the state of New York. And in order to do that, she, in order to take the, the test to get a government, a state government job, she had to have a degree. And there's a story to that, which I won't tell, but she did start with one course uh, because uh, the counselor at the university, this was a SUNY Buffalo, told her, well, try a course and see how you do. Um, she'd been out of school for more than 20 years. And so she wasn't sure that she would be able to manage it. But she did quite well in the course. I think she got an A minus or maybe even an A in the course. I think it was um, sociology maybe. And the counselor told her, you know, you have a lot of life experience and you could use that toward, toward your learning. So after that success, she decided to enroll in the university. She went back to school the same year that my brother started college in 1968. That's, again, another story that she should tell. And she graduated um, before, three year, before four years were up with a degree in communication. And uh, I call her the great community communicator, and anybody who has ever met her knows that she is the great communicator. She loves to talk, she loves to socialize, and she knows a lot about a lot of things. And then uh, she had the opportunity to take a master's, to do a master's at SUNY Buffalo and teach. And so she decided to do that. And so she finished her master's and then decided to go on for her doctorate. And so at the age of 72 or 73, she earned her doctorate. In the meantime, she ended up getting a job uh, with uh, the, uh, the board in the state of New York that handles uh, state employees like the police, the fire department, teachers, and so forth in disputes or um, difficulties with contracts or there were, there were a lot of different things that she did. And so she, she took that role and got the training. And as I said in the beginning, she did that for many, many years until her late 80s. It consisted of a lot of driving so when she bought her car, the Jeep Cherokee, in 2001, it was really important that she felt safe. It had four-wheel drive. 
she was able to navigate uh, back roads and roads in New York State that were filled with snow at times. Um, she drove through the rain. Uh, she has lots of, of stories in her Jeep, which is another reason why she's quite attached to it because it took her safely from destination to destination. And the more I talk about her, the more you probably are hearing how much of a role model she is, not just for her children, but for everybody she meets. She's an inspiration, and many people have told her that. And uh, you can see why. She's a, a great model for, uh, for women. Uh, she was involved in politics when we lived on Long Island before I, uh, when I was uh, up to the time I was in kindergarten. And then we moved up to Buffalo where my dad had gotten transferred um, to uh, the depart by the Department of Labor. He was the superintendent in the Buffalo area. So uh, she was involved in politics. She was very involved uh, when we moved up to Buffalo uh, in the, uh, on the school board, in the PTA. Uh, she, she had an active voice. Uh, she was a member of the Urban League. She and my dad both were and supported uh, uh, the rights of everyone. And uh, in the age of the late 60s and early 70s, when she was in the university to begin with, um, civil rights movement was very uh, front and center, as well as the women's liberation movement. She took the very first course at uh, SUNY Buffalo in gender studies. And so as you can see, she is um, very vocal in supporting the rights of women, the, right, the rights of everybody, really, to, to be able to have uh, equal, uh, equal job opportunities and equal uh, school opportunities, uh, just about everything. So that's, that's my mom. And so this week, her transition has been to give up the car and she talks sometimes about the fact that in her head, she knows it's the right decision. Uh, in her heart, it's very difficult. She had the same difficulty when she sold the house because she had always imagined herself staying in this two-story colonial with a finished basement and uh, lots of stairs and being able to navigate all of that uh, then when she had to sell it, it was a very difficult transition for her. So this transition with the car, I've had to talk her down a couple of times. But I'm really proud of the fact that she, because she knows in her mind it's the right thing to do, and that people have reached out to support her in that decision by making sure that she gets rides to doctor's appointments or to the bank or shopping or where she needs to go uh that she feels she has a support system and of course when i go and visit her i will be renting a car and making sure that she gets to where she needs to go so so yes i wanted to share that because she's a good ancestor she is an example an inspiration a role model for those who are having difficulty or wondering how to navigate their age, 
and uh, getting older. Uh, for those who are looking for inspiration, which we need a bit of these days, and just to share the story that my mom and I have, which is a really important one, that, uh, and as I tell her many times, that she and I both have lived long enough to experience the kind of relationship that we have and for those who have difficulty in their familial relationships or friend relationships and have started to give up hope that they're ever going to be able to get back together. So if you have an estranged relationship, um, what I'd like to say is there is hope. Uh, not every relationship is the same. And so I can't say that you're guaranteed to be able to work on it and make it happen. Uh, of course, both sides have to really want it. It is not easy. It took many years of difficult conversations, sometimes shouting matches and hurt feelings, but both of us were invested in figuring out how we could get back together and have this kind of honest, trusting, and full relationship that we do right now. And we were supported by the whole family. It wasn't just my mom and me. Um, all members of, of my family, my close nuclear family, worked really, really hard on making sure that we all, even though we're very different from each other, uh, that we all respect, love, and trust each other and understand and learn how to communicate when we're not understanding or when we feel there's a miscommunication. So, so yes, this is um, a different kind of episode, but it still has a lot to do with belonging because I want to tell you, without those family relationships helping us and without that sense of self-belonging giving us that inner strength, there is difficulty with feeling the sense of well-being and not um, being able to feel healthy and happy. And so I'm going to leave it at that. If anything resonated with you from this episode, I would love to hear from you on social media or, or go to my website and send me a message. There's a contact form there. Thank you for listening. Uh, our next, my next episode will be out next week, actually. And uh, I'm excited to share um, a voice that's here in the Middle East. And I'm not going to tell you who it is, just as a surprise. But uh, I'm hoping to share that with you next Wednesday. And so thank you for listening. And please, if there's any way that I can support you, help you, mentor you, uh, just listen, please reach out uh, and let me know. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you're inspired by what you heard, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information about belonging, check my website, Journeys to Belonging, that's Journeys number two belonging, dot webstarts.com. See you next week.